Well, I find something very interesting is that you, this is the seventh episode of this. Yeah. And not once have you said, hey, before that goes out, uh, take that part out. Nor have you said, hey, before that goes out, I want to hear the final product. You've never said that. Right. I probably should have. You're actually re- <laughs> releasing a, a weakness of mine that I probably should You've have. You've never done. said it. I probably should have. You really trust me. Well, sure. <laughs> I just thought nobody would listen. <laughs> <laughs> the tree falls in the forest. Right. <laughs> Man, I wish I wouldn't have said that out loud. I thought it was because you trusted me. Is sure. because you haven't thought about it? No, I... There's been episodes where I'm like, ah, I wish that wasn't in there. Really? Yeah. But, you know... It's your thing, man. It's you, not my thing. Well, no, you 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 did dream this up. You were like, I want to do this podcast. Let's do it. And 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 I'll I'll say it, it has a bigger a bigger. I thought, yeah, there'll be a niche of people that would want to listen, but it's a much bigger niche than I thought of. We really roped people in. Yeah, yeah. And they they've enjoyed it. I have people saying all the time, like, oh, I listen to this. Well, and Kelly, shout out, she comes up and tells me all the time things that we really? say. Yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She loved that line in the last one about the "I want you to want to do dishes." <laughs> she was telling me about that this week. I was like, I love that line. My favorite part about that is like, I was thinking of it, and you and you said it. Yes, yeah. you. I I listened back to the podcast because I do like to see what you put in there, um, and you didn't even allude to that at no. all, and I jumped in. It was like we had that telekinesis. Yes. So Brady, pressure's on when we do this podcast with you because we need to also have that. <laughs> have to spend some time together in the <laughs> in the days leading up. Yeah. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to the podcast. Looking forward to spending time together. Aaron and I open each episode with meditation, holding hands, and um, we right. connect in a way. And then we get out. We yeah. hug. We yes. embrace for an uncomfortably long time to do it. I want yeah. the full experience. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty's like, I love warm hugs. <laughs> He's like, oh, Yes. <laughs> Have you slept today? Sarah flew in late last night. Oh. It From where? Disruptive. Uh, Dallas. Mm. So she came in and I was like, in like a twilight mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, like when they're doing dental work on people, in mm-hmm. twilight. Have you ever, have they ever done that with you? Like put you in like a twilight phase? Not like out, out, but for any uh, kind yeah. of like medical procedure? I think so, yeah. See, I've never experienced that. Uh-uh. Dental work is like just local, like Novocaine and then get out You never got like laughing gas or no. any of those? No, they just like my, like my, uh. Uh, wisdom teeth, they just pulled Knocked. Them. What? They didn't knock you out? No, they just, no, local. <clears throat> out. So you've never been knocked out? No. Well, I've been knocked out like I've been punched in the face knocked out. <laughs> Tell that story. <laughs> I told that story already. Yeah, I've been knocked unconscious. And I did the Nestee plunge and then hit the concrete, like, bounce, head bounced off the concrete. Remember we were talking about concussions? Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't tell that story. <laughs> well. Who hit you? Some gang of, of thugs. Street youths? It was. 
A little rivalry, huh? I don't know if it was a rivalry. I was just running my mouth. Hmm. Shocking. Telling them about Jesus. And they didn't want to hear it. Yeah, knocked out. Wow. So I was in the twilight phase when my wife got old. <laughs> so back to the yeah, beginning. Back to that. So you've never Otherwise had like surgery or anything? No, never had surgery. No. Oh. Yeah, like just like the teeth pulled thing, but... Yeah. Yeah, my dentist is old school. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, they knocked me out for all mine. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm afraid of what I... Oh, what wait, how are you going to say? Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was like um, middle school when they pulled all mine. I remember on the way home, I saw a pink elephant. Really? Oh, yeah. On the way home. Like outside the car? Mm-hmm. Like flying next to the car, like a pink Dumbo. And I was like, whoa. And I remember thinking all the cars around us were elevated and we were like in the road. It was weird. What does that mean? Well, I just, <clears throat> I just think it's weird that there are substances... That can do stuff like that, you know? Yeah. That's or just it, crazy. Is it possible that what, we're, what we think is reality actually is not? And that some substances that we take in, be it from nature or be it, you know, in, in what we drink or, or eat, just normal stuff, like, is that that's altering what reality is? You're getting into, like, that? Matrix stuff. I right? know. You know, Elon Musk thinks that it's possible that we are living in the matrix right now. He would know. He would know. I was thinking about, <clears throat> I was thinking about, uh, this video game I used to play, which I don't play video games anymore because I will stay up all night playing video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this is back in the day, probably 20 years ago. I used to play this NASCAR. Yeah. On the Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, it was so great. I love NASCAR. But if you went and looked at those graphics then, from 20 years ago, oh, or yeah. more, in comparison to what they are now, mm -hmm. they didn't look real then. They you feel like you're in now. the car, yeah. Right. And like the like the other cars look like real cars. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they behave they like, like real cars. They are like little squares that move. Yeah. Like, right. So think about that just like in 20 years, how the graphics have gotten so much better and how much more real they are that it's possible that what we think is real isn't actually real and that just over the course of time technology has been working in the background <clears throat> i'm not here to talk maybe we should talk conspiracy theories because that's oh <laughs> you know you know what's so funny about you saying that is i was thinking uh um it would be fun because we have we have uh like coming to church now, we have like a, a former Navy SEAL who we're friends with, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And I thought it uh, it would be fun to bring him on once in a while and like I throw some conspiracy theories at him and just and be like, <laughs> no, that's that's not how that's things stupid. work. <laughs> just who could we bring on that would have some knowledge? Well, of we want somebody to feed into it, though. We don't want to put somebody. Oh, I don't need anybody to hold the water on it. I'm. I love it. Well, then you're the There's not a conspiracy theory that I don't love. I love uh, them. Okay. Um, Bigfoot, yes or no? Real or not? Um, uh, Bigfoot, no, but I would say Yeti. You know, the like, 
thing that is up in the Himalayas or whatever possible. Like that thing from Star Wars that got Luke Skywalker? <laughs> I've never... I know you haven't seen I, it. I, I don't watch Star Wars. I've never seen them. You've never seen any of the Star Wars? I, I have watched one of them. Greg made me watch the first one, Greg Taylor. The first one or the fourth one? The f- the fourth one. A New Hope? The Yeah. From 78? I think I've watched the fifth one. Empire Strikes Back? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Luke yeah, he Skywalker, writes that big... Yeah, the big, the yeah. big white monster. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, would say something, I would say something like that could... Well, and I'll, I'll say this. Uh, could something I've liked that have existed in the past? Yes. You know, and then they get... I mean, like, dinosaurs existed instead. Yeah, I mean, like, it eventually died out. and So, stuff so, like that could have so existed. Yeti, yes. Bigfoot, no. Uh, flat Earth? No. No? He's got the whole world in his hands. Well, he could... It's like he could hold it he like, could a, hold it like plate. a plate. He could hold it like a plate. But I'll say this. Like, because I, I, we have people that come in and ask about aliens and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, so what life out there and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always point back to the same thing of when God made the world... He, first off, he made light. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He doesn't make the sun and the moon and the stars until three days later. Mm-hmm. And he says that that's for record keeping and time keeping. Mm. And I think it's in Isaiah. It says, like, on the last day, he's going to rip the sky open like a, a veil that he rips. Like, and I think, you know, I think it's true that the universe is ever expanding because I think God is trying to show us, like, you're not going to get to the end. You're not going to... I'm just going to keep outpacing you. Mm-hmm. This is all just to show my glory. This mm-hmm. is all just to... You know, people are like, oh, there's going to be life over here and this over here and plants over there. I think it's all just God showing his majesty and he just, like, can't even help himself. It just explodes out of him, you know, just mm-hmm. like... But, yeah, I think at the last day, it's just going to, like, rip open and it's going to be him. Like, just... Like the Truman Show? Have you seen the Truman Show? I love the Truman Show. That yeah. show messed me up. What do you mean? Because it made you question it. Yeah, like when my parents would say something weird or something, I'd be like, wait a minute. Where are the cameras? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you know that? You know, like that show was trippy and it filmed in a beautiful place. Where? Seaside, Florida. Oh, where you've been, obviously. I have not been, but I know where it's at oh. and it's like beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to go there one time. <clears throat> there's a comedian who I think is pretty funny and uh, <laughs> he's got this bit about nothing makes sense mm-hmm. he's like nothing makes sense you think you're on earth right now zoom out you're on a space rock yeah. and that space rock is hurtling through space and space is ever expanding right yeah and he goes, that makes no sense. <laughs> well, yeah, like, you know, you, you think of, because just yesterday I was driving Beckett to preschool and he was asking me all about the sun, you know. I was like, it's a big ball of fire far, far away. And he's like, is it hot? And I was like, yeah. And then I'm thinking about, like, that we are precisely placed where we are always going to be at the same distance, you know, and it's going to be perfect that we can have 70 degree days and you know maybe up to it but like just i don't think it when you dive into all the complexities of science Mm -hmm. 
and just how astronomical our life and existence is on this planet. I mean, like, it points to a divine creator. Yeah. I mean, some of the, the most famous scientists in the world acknowledge this. You know, like, um, and those that don't, everything they discover just points to just how more miraculous mm-hmm. God is, you know. so. Yeah, Ray Comfort. Um, you're, you're familiar with him at mm-hmm. all? So he's, um, he's sort of a street um, evangelist. Uh, he'll encounter... <clears throat> on video and and uh, I got a frog this morning. Forgive me for all the throat clearing. He'll encounter people just on the streets and say, he'll just say, "Hey, I am Ray. Uh, mind if I video you? Mind if I record you?" Um, and he's got like an Australian accent, a mm-hmm. New Zealand accent. So, so that puts you at ease. It does. <laughs> I wish I had an accent. Kayla or was it Kayla or Cameron? One of my kids said that they wish they had an accent. Kayla. It's probably she said it at middle she school. She said it to you. Yeah. She said she has a British friend. She does. And so she likes their accent and she practices it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never know what's going on. But uh, Ray will encounter people and uh, talk to them about Jesus, talk to them about their own faith and what they believe and what they don't. And um, and when they say they don't believe, um, he'll ask them questions. And one of the first questions he, he asks is, what do you think happens when you die? And that just opens the door for, you know, some other, <clears throat> some other questions. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'll never get this right, but something to the effect of, um, so like a rose, like a rose, a beautiful flower, this beautiful rose. Um, it's just, it just happened, right? Yeah, it just happened. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's nothing. The fact that it's beautiful and it's so delicate. Right. Um, he's like, okay, well, make one then. And they're like, what? He's like, well, yeah, just, if it's just out of nothing, if it's just, if, it, if it's just not remarkable, then make a rose. Right. And they're like, uh, so again, that's, I'm not doing him justice, um, but, no, but I it mean, all points to that. Take, take, take something like a rose that, <clears throat> you know, it, it knows when to bloom, that it has the, the little you know, photosynthesis process inside of it, that it, it, you know, the smell and the, I mean, like all of that, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, you can take anything in nature and the more you dive into it, the more you just go, there has to be a divine creator. Mm -hmm. Like this is just impossible. Yeah. So I got knocked out once. Yeah. <laughs> so back and I to saw that. a pink elephant flying. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. see Free Guy? The movie Free Guy? Uh-uh. What? Oh my goodness. Oh, your kids would, would love it. You'd love it too. Free Guy. Yeah, the movie um, with Ryan Reynolds. Um, I've never heard of it. The very dreamy Ryan Reynolds. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. He's funny. Oh my gosh. You don't know about this movie? Mm-mm. It's really good. So he's a video game character. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's in a video game, but he doesn't know that he's in a video game. Hmm. Kind of like Truman Show and Matrix and all right. kinds of things. And um, then he starts to become like self-aware. Hmm. And then figures out that like he does the same thing every single day, and everything around him is the same. And if he changes at all, then something's out of whack, and people are looking at him like he's like, "What's wrong with you?" Hmm. Yeah. Free guy. Okay. Yeah, it's a good family movie night. 
<clears throat> I think we'll do. I can't think of anything that would be. It's really funny too. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Free guy. Little plug there for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, because he needs, he needs us. Yes. Poor guy's not making it on his own. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a terrible life. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. Horrible career. He's mm-hmm. not good looking at all. Right. Yeah. His wife, she seems miserable. Who's he married to? Blake Lively. Okay. Mm-hmm. The lovely Blake Lively. When Sarah got, uh, when she started this new job, um, there was somebody or some group of people who were like, you look like Blake Lively. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I don't know who she is, but I'm sure that's a nice compliment. She looks exactly like her. Does she? Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. She's listening to the podcast now, so. <laughs> now she will. She, yeah. now oh, she's traveling, and so she's like, yeah, I throw it in my ears while I travel. I'm like, perfect. Well, how about that? Now she's I just got to get my wife to listen. Well, yeah, I mean, again, why would they listen? They... This is their life. She hears me every day. Exactly. And she and she doesn't care to hear anything I've got to no. say. No. Like, yeah, just maybe sing a song or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. She, as Sarah mentioned uh, yesterday, she said, yeah, I was listening to the podcast and uh, you got to the point where you were talking about my water breaking and then I started to cringe a little bit. Mm. Yeah. All right. So now I got to... Measured a little bit because on the off chance that she listens again. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the other point of the matter is like these are forever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a, there's not a. We don't get to edit these. There's not a shelf day. life. Like it's out there. Yeah. You can go back in 10 years and listen to it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm probably stand up in a court of law. <laughs> so. So yeah, now there's going to be a cold case investigation until you get knocked out. Right. It's going to turn into like a true crime oh podcast. Oh my goodness, we could. There were about fifteen of these guys. I was twenty years old, so that was like five, six years ago. Right. We got to give them accurate dates and time. Do you know what at, month it happened? I was at the Montclair um, outdoor basketball courts. Montclair is like yeah. a school in Millard. Um, and we played basketball at night there because <clears throat> it had a nice kind of caged-in basketball court with lights. So it was a cage was match. On. It turned into a cage match. Before I got knocked out, I looked over and I saw my buddy fly through the air and hit the fence. And then kind of, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. This is getting real really fast. And I was holding my basketball and my car keys. You know, like time yeah, to go. Yeah, and uh, and I heard something like, "There's the guy." I'm editing this for the podcast sake, family friendly. There's the guy that started all of it. Uh-huh. And I was like, "I think they're talking about me." <laughs> and two guys, <laughs> down he goes. Did they leave you after that? Like well, you got. When up I came and- too. Yeah. The basketball court was empty. They just left you. But I could hear people far off. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how long I was out. <laughs> Do you have a description? Uh, of, yeah. The assailant. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. One was white. One was African-American. Height, weight, uh, names. 
uh, nicknames I think, even. I think one of them was a little scratchy. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You we hear did, that. We did. Let's get help to work. find him. Get to work. <laughs> Let's help find him. Yeah. That's so it was shortly after that that I that I started um, like some MMA training. Really? Yeah. It, that's that's what happens, you know. I, you hear those stories like when a kid yeah. gets bullied at school, they they yep. stick him in taekwondo or mm-hmm. whatever just to give him some kind of yeah some kind of skills. I'm I'm gonna hop into that stuff. Are you? Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to. Huh? You know, Jason Flippin. Yeah. Um, does Muay Thai. Oh, does he? Yeah. And he oh, said it's no joke. Right. And when he says something's no joke. Yeah. It's no joke. Yeah. Um. Well, and Eric does jujitsu, jujitsu. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say, and stuff. And both of those guys are kind of scary. I, I wouldn't want to well, tangle with either one of them. No, but I would. Uh, I've yeah, because I've gotten placed in a couple situations. You know, with the line of work I'm in, you uh, really. Oh yeah. You, you sometimes you know you're doing work. In certain areas of town oh. that aren't great, and yeah. and uh, and sometimes I've been placing some precarious situations. Yeah, I had a domestic thing that I showed up on, and he wasn't there, but then he came home while I was there. I was trying to help her out, you know, and yeah, he had a gun and what? Oh yeah, and I'm just standing there like, well, I hope this doesn't go bad, <laughs> like, yeah, and. Uh, that made me get my carry permit. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, circumstances like that will change in a in a heartbeat. Too. <clears throat> and then I, I had a time that I was down. We used to serve down at Golden Manor a lot, at like 40th and Decatur. Mm-hmm. And I had a time that I was I was down there, and it was it was later in the evening. And yeah, I had like three, three uh, about high school age, you know, come up on me and street you know, toughs. Street toughs and uh, and you know they they were like between me and the car and they were asking for money and stuff like that and, and I was like man this could go south pretty quick you know like and and luckily uh, you know like I, I, that that is an instance I think my car saved me <laughs> it was like I don't have money yeah <laughs> like I don't look look yes. look this is what I this is what I'm working with <laughs> like. Um, but they, you know, they weren't polite about it. You know, like I'll say that, um, about asking Mm -hmm. for money and, and what they were saying and stuff. And, and I was, it was just one of those moments of like, you know, if this, if this turns, I'm, I'm outnumbered and not in a great spot here. And so I've had those (coughs) couple moments like that where I'm like, you know, just a basic, just, I don't need to take, you know, 12 years or something, but just. A couple months of just boom, boom, hold. You know, like I wish we had video on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that I, I'm pretty sure those are the moves. You know, like a Hawaii, yeah. You know, like I'll ask Jason Flippin. I'll be like, "Isn't this what you do?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I bet he'll he'll be like, "Yeah, hiya, wa." Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He's like, "How do you know that?" Yeah. <laughs> the Matrix. YouTube. Oh, just uploaded it. Oh yeah. There was a guy I went to college with. Um, he said, <laughs> he said that 
he was, I think he was dating a girl and her ex-boyfriend was trying to make trouble. And so they were like following him, you know, driving near him, trying to run him off the road. So he finally just pulled over Mm -hmm. and guys poured out of this car and he too was outnumbered and, uh, and he knew it was going down and they were starting to like circle up around him. And he said, yeah, you guys are going to beat me up. You're going to, you're going to hurt me bad. But just so you know, while that's happening, I'm going to get a hold of at least one of you, and I'm going to rip your ear off. And none of you know which one it is, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get to one of you, and you're going to leave here without an ear. Yeah. Now, he was a little more direct about how he said it. Right. But they left. <laughs> they didn't. If you act a little crazy, you know, like a, you start going, eeny, meeny, miny, <laughs> They're going to be like, don't mess with this dude. <laughs> You go a little crazy. Start going a little Mike Tyson. Start nipping a little bit. Yeah. Well, that one looks juicy. <laughs> I didn't eat breakfast today. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> well, Brady's wife just had a incident. Getting <clears throat> almost run off the road and all that. I mean, that's why one of the... So I'll say this for those listening. Mm-hmm. Um... It was really troubling when we went on the National Youth Gathering with these these girls. Um, how many of them have experienced something? Uh, one of them was jogging and uh, on Zerensky, mm-hmm. and a, a guy was like standing there, and um, she like went to the restroom, you know, the mm-hmm. little, and he came into the restroom after her, and so she like locked the door and was calling. You know, her mom, who was running with her, but was a little bit behind her, you know, and she's like, you know, you know, and luckily he left. Another one was saying that she was in her neighborhood on her bike. And this was, you know, she was like a young middle school or something. And a van like pulled and cut her off and like tried to grab her and she was able to get away. And and they're like telling these stories. And, you know, another one was talking about, you know, being a boy getting all handsy on her at a party. And, and I was like oh, we need to do some self-defense, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, Brady's wife had that incident. And mm-hmm. so I talked to Scott File about it, and we're going to try and set up a, uh, like, a private session at uh, 88 Tactical. Yeah. Like a self-defense for the ladies, and we'd sponsor some of these girls to go. But, I mean, it was heartbreaking. Like, all these high school girls are like, oh, that's happened to me. Oh, that's happened to sure. me. Oh, that's happened to me. Commonplace. And it's like, that's awful. Let's teach these girls how to defend themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Because once my girls get a little older, we will. We'll, we'll take them over there. So, because on the self-defense class, it says, like, strong language during class. You know, like, I think they try and make it real, you know, right. like, so that you don't, like, panic and stuff. But, yeah, I can't imagine little Peyton, you know, like, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> She's going to be like, what's Whoa. happening? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, being the dad of girls is... It's scary. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, which segues perfectly into our sermon of workplace. It does. Not at all. But <laughs> we should probably get there. Introduce um, the, the theme, if you will. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, so we were in Colossians, the very end of chapter 3, going into verse 4. Um, and we did uh, Slaves and Masters. And so I spent the first little bit just talking about, look, we're not going to sugarcoat this and say, you know, edit the screen to say, you know, bosses and employees. Like, mm-hmm. that is the terminology he used. 
when Paul was talking, but, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about why, you know, he used that. And just the realities that that was the world they lived in. Like, you know, one third to one to one half of the people in the world at that time were slaves, that they were indentured servants or um, captives or, um, and that God didn't say like, you know, why didn't God say, you know, free all the slaves? And, um, and the, the practical reason, um, I mean, and I pointed out other Bible verses where God spoke against slavery and said, you know, don't sell yourselves into slavery. If you are a slave, you know, free yourself, you know, um, you know, pay your way out. Because most of the slaves, the majority of slaves eventually did get free, get, did get emancipated. They were able to buy their ways out of slavery in that time period um, in Rome. But, you know, and, and God says everyone has dignity, everyone has worth, everyone's an heir of the throne. You know, and I pointed out, like, God's against slavery, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking to the reality of the world that they live in. And while they are slaves, God has a word for you. Mm-hmm. And while you are masters, God has a word for you. That was what I was getting at, mm-hmm. that, you know, like, God's not pro-slavery. He, you know, he said as um, horrific, you know, that you would own and possess his children, you know, um, but he was speaking to the reality of that world. And we make that natural comparison today. Um, it's not apples to apples, you know, obviously, um, but uh, between boss and employee, because that was really what he was trying to get at is, hey, while you're a slave, you know, be be obedient and, and show your master who Jesus is through your service to them. Mm-hmm. And while you're a master, show show your slaves who Jesus is by your kindness and fairness and justice to them. Um, and and so that was really where we went is, you know, so as we look at the boss and the employee relationship as a employee, are you with your coworkers and with your boss working in a way that shows them who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And as a boss, are you showing your employees who Jesus is by the way you lead them? And I ended it with, you know, kind of that big question of all of us are either in authority or under authority. And how well do we do with that? This just brings so many questions about because, you know, we certainly have worked in, in circumstances where, you know, our, they weren't ideal. You know, we had bosses yeah. who were not necessarily good people um, or well in, intended. Um, yep. And and so it's almost like we need to submit to the authority of this nasty person. Right. You know. And I know I know people. There are probably a lot of people in in worship on Sunday that were like, not not possible. Right. This guy's you know horrible, or this this person is right. is, is not. Not well intended, not uh, not not a good person to listen to. I would never be able to fully submit to whatever this person's saying. And and I, and I think that. So let's talk about that. Um, <clears throat> this was one Bible verse about working. God has many Bible verses about working, and so you can't just take one and say that's God's only word on this. God has many words that He says about how to serve under. Uh, a boss. Mm -hmm. And he does in other places talk about, you know, if your boss is trying to get you to do anything illegal, don't, um, you know, if you're, if your boss is abusive or demeaning or, you know, like you, you can pull yourself out of that situation, you know? Um, but he says with what is on your plate, do a good job. 
So I think God's direct thing to say is this. Um, don't half-heart your job because your boss is bad. Mm. Because I still hold you accountable to what you're doing. Yeah. And there are, there are customers that rely on you being a good mm-hmm. employee and you're shortchanging them. There are coworkers that need you to pull your weight or it falls on them. And they, and they don't want to hear the excuse that the boss is bad because they have a job to do and they have a family to take mm-hmm. care of. And so I think God would say, with what's on your plate, do a good job. Yeah. Well, then the, the, that scripture goes on to direct towards the boss. Right. To say, hey. <laughs> and, and to you, do a good job. And what he ends up saying in this text, Paul says, at the top of every organizational chart, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. That no matter who you serve under and who, no matter who, what job you have, you work for Jesus. Because at the end of the day, Jesus is going to say, um, I don't, you're not just a follower of me at home and at church. You're a follower of me every day, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that includes the workplace. And so what type of an employee you are, I care about and I hold you accountable to. And so you can't use I have a bad boss as an excuse for being a terrible employee. You be a good employee and you not saying like, oh, you have to like, you know, use the word submit and, you know, like you you don't have to allow the boss to be a terrible boss to you and to other people. But you have to do your job and do the best with what you're supposed to do. So what do you say? You know, we talked about being um, uh, a, a Christian in the workplace. Um in, in all that you do, that you're, you're glorifying Jesus. What do you say to the person who has maybe not been down that path at work mm-hmm. and is like, you know what? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, d- I need to do that. I need to make some changes and maybe I need to clean my language up. Yeah. And maybe I need to uh, stop the gossiping or maybe yeah. I need to, um, you know, whatever the behaviors happen to I- be. How hard is that? Oh, um, yeah. For, for somebody to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop that. I'm gonna be this. With what would be the pressure mm-hmm. from coworkers or boss or whatever it happens to be? Like, so what? You're not, you're not this now. You're not. You, oh, you're, you don't. You're too good. You're too good now. You can't talk this way, or we can't do these types of things together anymore because. Well, and, and I would, I would, I would, I would say three things to that. First, that might be the most incredible witness possible is if you do a 180 and they go, what's with this? You know what? I got humbled at church. I'm not, I'm not doing right. Mm-hmm. I am, I am a Christian and you guys here would never know that. And so I'm just not going to do those things. Incredible witness right there. Number yeah. one, number two, that's probably going to backfire on you because then they're going to label you and you're going to be ostracized and you're, you know, like you're not going to have your same group of friends. Sure. Um, and that is God planting a seed in their hearts of those people kind of wrestling with whatever they need to wrestle with. Um, but also God pulling you out of God saying that group of people isn't good for you. They do tear you down. They do make you uh, influence you to be the wrong person. So, yeah, they're going to pull away from you and they're going to mock you and they're going to and you're going to find a new group. You're going to find a new connection. Um, because you surround yourself with that every day. Like, I know this, like, uh, there are people that are just sour, just always sour, always pessimist. And so yeah. they do wear on you and you take after them. Yeah. Like, 
We influence one another. Mm -hmm. And so you can either influence for the positive or the negative. And so, yeah, you might lose some friends and you might lose your social standing and you might, Mm -hmm. but God might be doing that for your betterment. Um, And then the third thing is, you know, if, uh, you know, you're getting labeled in that way or if it impacts you in some way, God says, look, Christianity was always going to be like, it's not popular. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, like there are consequences for it. Like in certain places, um, because yeah, the the reality is is, you know, like um, I've worked in different environments too, and um, there are some that uh, they yeah that that just gets openly mocked. You know, the person that that's too good and too. But at the end of the day, Jesus says, "You work for me. Hmm. I placed you there, and you work for me." And at the end of the day, if they ostracize you, if they, you know, but what if one of them privately comes to you as like, I'm so impressed with the way you've, mm-hmm. like, I agree. I hate the gossip. I hate this. I hate the way they talk to I hate all this. You know, like, what, what if that, that one person was the one that God intended for you to reach and you never would have done that unless you took a stand and said, I'm not going to be like this anymore. Yeah. Because I guarantee if you're a part of that stuff, the language, the gossiping, the tearing down, the pessimist, I guarantee that's seeping into other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. When you're surrounding yourself 40 plus hours a week with that, I guarantee that's impacting the okay. rest of your life. A lot of your identity comes from your job, from your vocation, from in how you're spending the, the majority of your waking hours. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and certainly spills out or spills over into other aspects of your life, undoubtedly. Yeah, undoubtedly. And I think you have to wrestle with that of, who am I? Mm-hmm. Am I the person on Sunday, or am I the person at work, or am I the person at home? And we have these like compartmentalized lives where when I'm here, I'm this person. And the reality is, is that all bleeds together at some point, and one of those personalities takes over. And ultimately, we're children of God. Right. So that's our identity. Right. We're a child of God, and... Um, the more we embrace that, the mm-hmm. easier it becomes. As hard as, hard as yeah. it might seem to behave in, in, a, in a more appropriate manner um, in certain instances, it's really easy the more you embrace the fact that you are a child of God. Right. I, I'll say this. Um, I had a friend in high school uh, who adamantly antagonistic towards the Christian faith. And I was a Christian, you know, and, um, and we ended up going to college together and, uh, got a lot closer in college. And my first couple years of college, there was nothing about my faith in my life, you Mm -hmm. know, like didn't go to church, stopped doing anything remotely looking like a Christian and hung out with him a lot and, you know, antagonistic to the faith and all this. And, uh, and over a break from college, he ended up dying in a car crash. Um, and it haunts me to this day that I, I, and I've had dreams, um, where like, it's, it's the last day and, and he's standing there and he's like, why wouldn't have you, why wouldn't, wouldn't you have told me more about this or challenged me on this or it, you knew this was true mm-hmm. and you never witnessed to me. Yeah. And now I'm headed here and you're headed there. How, you know, like just this, how dare you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, and it haunts me because I, I have to own that. I didn't 
I totally let him think what he wanted. I totally let him say whatever he wanted. I never challenged him. I never witnessed to him. I never, I never did any of that. And um, I just think on the last day, there are going to be coworkers of yours that are standing there. And I hope they don't sit there and say that to you of like, how come, how come you talked just like we talked? How come you did mm-hmm. exactly what we did? How come you did all these things? You knew this. Mm-hmm. You knew this was real. You knew this was, you know, and you never did anything to save us. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think that person goes to God and is like, God, why didn't you do anything to save them? Why didn't, and God's like, I put you there. Mm-hmm. I put you there. What, what did you do? Yeah. Did you make your work... Because I, I think that's the hard part is most people get their identity from their job. Mm-hmm. That is the number one thing who I am. I am this. Okay. That's how I make my income. That's how I make my livelihood. That's where I get my my self-worth. Mm-hmm. That's where I get my... And God's going, no, that's just a means to an end. Mm-hmm. That's how you get provision. Like, I've put you there for a bigger reason than just getting a paycheck. And, you know, like, I, I just think we really need to change our mindsets about our work. So that leads me to one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. Go for it. Okay, so you said that um, you know, even Jesus himself came to earth and worked as a carpenter, <laughs> right? <laughs> worked as a carpenter um, and until he really... For 30 years, for yeah. For 30 years until he launched into his ministry. And when you said that 30-year thing, I kept all I could think of was a baby Jesus carpenter. Like in a diaper, <laughs> so maybe he ju- didn't do thirty you during, years. I usually don't judge you during your sermons, but I was like, little yes. toddler Jesus, yes. with a hammer, yeah, <laughs> up and yeah, <laughs> probably at two. Yeah, he had the little, you know, the little tykes uh, tool belt and was helping dad. You know, <laughs> his little plastic hammer. Yeah. So for anyway, so yeah, that was just me. So for twenty years, he was a carpenter. (laughs) I started helping my dad. You know, my dad had um, a furniture business. He had like a, um, you know, like a furniture store, and so I would help him like build furniture and stain the furniture when I was like nine or ten years old. So it's very possible that Jesus, at age ten, you know, was well. And I think yeah, in that day and age, they started him young, right? You know. Yeah, well, I mean, they were, they were trade. married off at 14 years old. Right, or so. right. <laughs> you got you to you earn your way. Your yeah, you got to get some income. Yeah. The other thing that I uh, that I uh, I found funny about what you said is, is you're like, if I were Jesus, if I were the Son of God coming to earth, uh, I would not be a carpenter. No. I would find some job where they would be carrying me around. Right. And then you said, <laughs> I had to go back and listen to it just to make sure I heard it right. Um, you know, where people were peeling grapes for you. Yes. And all I could think of was, do you not eat a grape right off the vine? Like, do you peel your grapes before you eat them? What does that mean? I said peeling grapes? <laughs> You can't peel a grape. Right. But do, do you? <laughs> you know what's funny is I I think I said that, yes. And I don't know why I, 
I think I meant to say like you know, like picking great you know like or you know like feet right hand feet. I, I I know what you meant. Or to say. like slicing. Yeah, it, it's funny for me because again I I get I get three sermons every Sunday, uh, you know three live sermons from you, yeah. and then I get to go back and listen to it. Sort I think of in I, preparation yeah. for this. I have no so idea why I, can I said that. Really pick you apart. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you gra- no, I eat a regular grape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, hey, people. It does sound fancy food. though. Maybe that's what I was thinking when I was like, you know, like <laughs> I was like, what, what sounds fancy and like bougie, <laughs> like peeled grape. Right. <laughs> Interesting. I did say that. Yeah. I don't know why. Have I you ever peeled grape? No. Oh, you should. Why? I mean, I because. It, it sort Joe of, freezes them and eats them. I think that's weird. Well, I like the crunchy. That's I like oh, the crunchy grape. No. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So you want your grapes like room temperature? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Well, no, I like them cold, like in the fridge. Yeah. But I don't, they're not frozen. No. 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 You, should you see, one. they have purple tomatoes that just came out. Um. I saw a news article about this. They g- genetically modified tomatoes to they, be purple. Why are they doing this? I would not eat a gen. Nope. Well, you know, I I got diagnosed. Uh, I don't know if that's the word, but uh, with a soy allergy about two years ago. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of processed food is off the table for me Mm -hmm. because they put soy. But in that process, you know, I'm looking up these words of the things that I'm eating, you know, because I'm like, well, I got to. And it's like these chemicals that you're just like, what? Mm -hmm. Like the stuff we're eating is like chemically engineered food. Like. It's incredible some of the stuff that's in there. Yeah. Because um, I, I, and I can't remember, you know, all the words are, you know, thiamoxitoxicide or, you know, like, and all the stuff that like, you know, like you, you look up some of these things and you're like, okay, it can be used for food and for engine parts, <laughs> lubrication, you know, like what, and that's a real thing. That's I forget thing. which one it was, Yeah. but it, it, it's used in food as a preservative and also in engine part lubrication. Yeah. And I'm like... And we're eating, that's in my chips, mm-hmm. you know, like, come on. Yeah, preservatives, like, but also for taste. And, and and a lot of those ingredients are because they're really cheap. Yeah. And so you can you can mass produce these food items, make them taste a certain yeah. way, make them look a certain way, make them last for a certain duration. Um, but if, yeah, I, I've tried to move to like, if I can't pronounce it, then I'm not going to eat it. Now, right. this is not hard and fast because... Um, ever yeah. since I stopped drinking alcohol, I'm like a sweets, like Fiend. I'm having trouble with yeah. the sweets at night in particular. Oh yeah. But, um, but by and large, I just try to like eat natural mm-hmm. kinds of things. And anyway, not to pull us completely off track, but the peeling of the grapes thing took us down yes. the rabbit hole. You talked about going back to your sermon, you talked about being, um, being an unmanageable worker. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, if you don't sign on to what your boss is saying or you don't think that that, that the boss is is is, is right mm-hmm. or or um thinking I'm trying to think of the right way to put it but um worthy of their position. Right, yeah. We're a lot of position. people that's it that yeah. they're like, he didn't deserve that, right. I deserve that or that you know, like yeah. So then you you sort of rebel and become this unmanageable worker mm-hmm. and you and you warn against that. In your, in yeah. Your message. Yeah. I mean, it's a very simple word. Paul says, "Obey." Hmm. If you're unmanageable, obey hmm. in everything. That and he and he says that Jesus is still your boss, hmm. and Jesus will hold him. And that's what he says: "Is look, 
yes, you're going to get taken advantage of in the worst place. That's what he says in like mm-hmm. verse 25 and stuff. He's like, but your inheritance in heaven, your your retirement plan I talk about, yeah. your retirement plan is already set. Yeah. God's got you. Like he's going to take care of that. He's going to make all things right mm-hmm. in the end. In the meantime, do your job and be a good employee. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you have a good boss or a bad boss, that you're not to be unmanly. You know, like when they say do this, do this. Now, if it's ungodly, if it's, you know, immoral or, you know, like that's, that's a whole different conversation. Right. We're talking about the person that feels justified in being a terrible employee. Mm -hmm. God says that's wrong. Right. Yeah. I'm smarter than my boss. I know more. Right. Whatever. You know, they're not worthy of their position. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, Do you feel like I'm unmanageable? As my boss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. That's a good answer. That was the right answer, by the way. Right. Okay, so number two, um, the other point you made. Um, you're, you, I'd, I'd say you're, you're, you know, most musicians, you know, you're, you're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, flighty? Flighty. <laughs> Flaky? No, just. Free-spirited? Free-spirited. Mm. That's what I will say. Yeah, I am a free spirit. You, you you go where the wind leads you. I do. But I've I've given you a big box and you stay within it <laughs> like, get most of the time. <laughs> scurry around. Yes. Yeah. You've got all this room. Yeah. So many activities. Yes. <laughs> I have to throw toys in there and keep right. you occupied. Like, like, a, like a podcast. A little, a little, a little mirror. <laughs> like a podcast. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that'll keep him occupied. <laughs> okay, so the second thing I do, I want to say, I love working with you. Oh man! Yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad you're here. The same. I, yep. I didn't follow your instructions yet, but I will, I will today at some point in time, um, where I'm going to come to you. I'll just give you a little, a little advice. Yeah. Work. Like, no, it's funny. What can I do better? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because like we had some people that worked with their or at church that oh, yeah. were. Um, with boss bosses. and employee yeah. there together, you know, and uh, and they were like, "How are you going to call me out in front of them that now I have to go to them this week and say that?" I was like, "Yeah, but I said that to all my yeah. employees. <laughs> so, like, it's the same thing. Yes, I get to I get to sit back and have that conversation. And then what you did is is uh, after your sermons, you just you just said, "Jesus, what can I, what can I? Because Jesus is your boss, so right. Jesus, what can I do to? I do." Right, and he challenges me. He does indeed. Oh, does he? I mean, in my yeah. prayer, I, I, one of the biggest things I've done in my prayer life is that I didn't do for a long time was stop and listen. My prayer life was always me talking, and I just in the last two, three years, have actually like had times where even if it's thirty seconds, sometimes five minutes, you know, but then my mind starts going, and I'm just like, I don't know if any, you know, is. Am I just bored? And my mind's going crazy, you know, or like, but where I stop and listen and usually mm-hmm. God will put like a face in my mind mm-hmm. or something on my heart, you know, of just like, I'm just sitting there in that moment and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot to email that person back. Oh yeah. I They're wanted really to call that person yeah. or like somebody I haven't seen in a while, <clears throat> you know, like, and so I, I really believe cause God cares about that. Like a lot of times it's like someone I haven't seen in a while or Somebody, he puts a face in my mind mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, what is up with that? They seemed mm-hmm. off last week, you know? And so like, um, so I do think those are my moments to say, like, God mm-hmm. direct me. Where, where do I need to do better? What am I missing? What am I not doing? 
Um, Some people call that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll call that meditation. Right. Know, and they talk about the importance of meditation. Mm -hmm. But just actually the being still in the presence of God. Right. Um, and, and asking for him, right. asking for him to put something on your heart or on your mind yeah. um, is, is really powerful. And we don't, we're not good at being still. I no, mean, as a society, I'm not. We're not. I'm not. Nobody really. I, I think as a society, yeah. none of us really are. Um, but yeah, certainly important. And that's happened with me too. Um, where you're just like, I don't know why I need to reach out to this person, but God's saying, reach out to this person. Right. So, yeah. The other point that you made uh, uh, is don't be, and to guard against um, or to be mindful of is, don't just work hard when the boss is watching. <laughs> yes. Right? Well, I think that's a lot of us. You know, like if it's a project that, because we have multiple types of projects, no matter what job you have. We have some that people are going to see and check up on, you know, and it's going to impact others. And then we have some that like we can maybe get away with not doing the best job ever because no one's really going to check it, you know, like, and I'm the only one that sees this or, you know, kind of stuff. And, and, you know, we, we don't want to be kiss ups that we only work hard when the boss is around. And then when he's gone, you know, we're, cause God said in his challenge to this was work with integrity of heart, you know, work with a sincere heart that you, you do a good job, whether you, cause I think there's two motivations. There's, um, you know, most people are the carrot or the stick. You know, like with a donkey, you either put the carrot in front of it or the stick behind it, you know, to get it to move. And some people, it's I work hard when the boss is around because I want their praise and I want, you know, them to think I'm a great employee and stuff. And I won't work hard when they're not around, but, you know, I want their praise. And other people, it's I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm only going to work when he's around. Mm -hmm. And God's saying, don't don't be like that. Work hard all the time. Mm -hmm. Do a good job all the time. Whether you're getting praise or whether it's to not get in trouble, just don't be like that. Just work hard. <clears throat> Anything else that you th think would be helpful for the listeners? Um, you know, we haven't talked about the boss side. Um, but, you know, if you're a boss, you know, I said to work justly and and fairly, you know, to compensate your employees the a fair wage. You know, don't be ripping them off to line your own pockets. Um, and when God says, you know, treat them justly, that means... Treat them better than you have to. Like, you know, well, the government says you have to have a break here and I have to do this and this. And corporation says it like they're not. Those people are under your care for you to be a good steward of what God gives you. They're not resources to be managed. They're not because a lot of times we can't. And as a boss, you know, when you have to fire people or hire, like sometimes you have you 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 fall into the corporate mindset of looking at them as merely resources and merely a means to an end. Um, and God says, no, 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 like care about them. I care about them. Every one of them is made in the image and the likeness of God. I care about them. You need to care about them and treat them fair and be a good boss that points them to Jesus somehow. Whether you're in authority or under authority, Jesus wants you to reflect him in the workplace. And, and I loved, and I pointed this out, at no point in that did he say, you need to tell, verbally tell people about Jesus in the workplace, because a lot of us can't, you know? That's not what he said. He said, work in such a way that it points to me. And when people say, like, why do you work hard? He's such a jerk, you know, like, or she's such a jerk. Why do you work hard for her? Well, because my boss is Jesus, and he holds me accountable. Um, 
hey, you go above and beyond as a boss. Like, why do you, why do you do that? Why do you, you know, you, you gave better raises than you needed to. You did, you know, like, well, because I care about them. Jesus tells me to care about them. So I care about them. I mean, like, that's, that's what it's all about. Last point. The hope is that there's somebody out there that says, hey, for 30 years, I worked alongside with this guy and he was a Christian and he worked hard and he was a good and he was supportive and he was, or I had this guy under me and, you know, I wasn't a great boss, but like he always was, was kind and did a good job and worked hard and, or, you know, I had this boss that was a Christian and, you know, they didn't talk about it, but I knew they were, you know, through little things and, but they were always fair to us, always took care of us, you know, like, um, Jesus says, like, always be, you know, like a, a good word on their lips because that points to him mm-hmm. um, that the opposite is going to do 10 times the damage. I knew a Christian. I worked next to them and they were the worst person mm-hmm. and they were the worst boss. And they were, you know, like that turns them off. We've talked about that before. Right. Uh, they're you know, Christians behaving uh, contrary. Right can do the most damage yep. uh, to the advance of the kingdom because yep. people are like, if that's what that is, right. I, I want no part not of interested it. in it. Right. Yeah. Hypocritical um, behavior, um, um, the yeah. meanness, this, whatever, whatever it happens to be. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't want any part, any part of that at all. Right. Good stuff. I, I, I probably had about 10 to 12 people that came out and were like, like that was exactly what I needed to hear today. Mm-hmm. Like got this going on at work and stuff. Like how did you know? Kind of stuff. And it's like once again, plan these a year in advance. Right. God knows. Yeah. Because like I step back, I write that sermon, and I'm like, you know, the workplace. I don't know if that's gonna really hit hard yeah. this week. You know, like what about the retired people? What about the youth? What about you know like, and then you know, ten to twelve people come out and they're like. My work is a mess. Mm. Like, I needed this so bad. Thank you. And it's like, God knows. Yeah. God knows. So, five rapid fire questions. If you were the son of God here on earth, oh man, what would your job be before your three years of ministry? I think just fitting with a lot of his messages, I, I would have seen him more as a farmer. Jesus farmer, farmer, you know, Jesus. like, like he, he, or a vineyard, you know, like a vine. And <clears throat> I think, I think that would have made more sense, you know, just like all the analogies he made with land and planting the seeds and growing, um, you know, the vineyard, the farmer, just something like that would have made a little more sense. Or were you asking if I was Jesus, what would I do? Well, Yeah. Oh. No, I was asking you if you, but I like that answer. You're wrong, by the way. Shepherd is the right answer. Okay. Oh, he, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. That would have been good perfect. too. It's true. I'm but if not. you were perfect and you were the son of God, what would, what would I have picked? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, naturally, I probably would have gone for politics or something. Who politics? You know, or How a magician. A Correct real magician. Two. Who did you vote for in the last presidential election? I'm just kidding. A magician? <laughs> How crazy would that be? Like, Ooh. think of all the miracles he did. What if he just, like, did a traveling show of just, like, voila, this, you David know? Buzz Blaine. Yes. Chris Buzz Make people disappear. Bring them back. Yeah. Dead people. Like, yeah. I Statue been, of Liberty? I would have been a magician. David Copperfield? Yes. Gone. Greatest magician mm-hmm. ever. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. He, I bet he would be a good one. You wouldn't know how he did the tricks. 
<laughs> and he would never reveal his secrets. And he would never reveal his secrets. Not until the last day. Yes. <laughs> there you go. This is how I did it. Be like, oh, you ruined it. Yeah. Brady? Um, so on, in uh, Sunday's sermon, you uh, had mentioned that you've been in the workplace and you've seen good bosses, bad bosses. Mm-hmm. What are the qualities that make a good boss? Um, well, I think it's uh, kind of what we talked about on Sunday. The first one is you got to care about your employees. Like you can't just see them as a means to an end. You got to care about them. But I think you also have to lead them and challenge them to be better. When I think of the good bosses I had, it wasn't just like they sat there and said, like, oh, just do an adequate job. Like, they held me accountable. And I think a lot of people do want to be held accountable with something that they can at least accomplish. Like, I I have been in a situation where I'm being held accountable to something that's like, I am never going to be able to, you know, like, you're you're overwhelming and there's no way I can do that. But I I think those two big qualities, like, they care about me. And they, they really push me into something better for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, they challenge me into something better. I think of coaches I had and stuff, you know, like yeah. they love me, they care about me, but they mm-hmm. they see something in me and they're going to push me into something better. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. Yeah. Well, and that's why I like well. when you guys mess up, I have you drop and give me 20. <laughs> you know, like I just, I try and have a marriage between those two, you know, coach and boss, you yeah. know. That sounds like a drill sergeant. <laughs> Which, keep it up. We're going to get strong enough to overthrow you. <laughs> All these push-ups. That's why I'm taking jiu-jitsu. You heard him say that, That's right? Better. Workplace violence. That's why. I wouldn't want to tussle with this guy. No, Brady. He's Brady, young. He's, young. He, he's late. He keeps a lot of secrets, too. I bet he knows, like, some Krav Maga or something like that. Like, one day he's just going to be like, Wacha! You know, like, it just, he pulls my throat out, you know. Like, one Roadhouse hand. style? Yeah. Least favorite job, Pastor Buzz? Um, I worked at Chili's. Yum. Uh, no, it was awful. So I was... Um, I want my baby back. Chili's <laughs> baby back ribs. <laughs> You gotta bring in the end, man. Barbecue sauce. There you go! Hey! <laughs> Brady, you got that base. Barbecue sauce. Um, so so this is a, a great story. Um, I I was in college and I was working at Chili's as a busboy, and all of a sudden a couple of Chili's got robbed in the Orlando area. And what they were doing was they were waiting until night. When they had the back door open and, you know, you're cleaning the mats and cleaning out the kitchen and, you know, throwing everything out. And they they would come in the back door um, and rob the place. So, like, the third or fourth one, they shut the door and the busboy was out there by himself. And they had a gun to the busboy and were like, let us inside. And um, and so the manager opened the door and they they came in and were robbing. And at some point ended up shooting the manager. Um you know, for all that. So the next morning we have an all staff meeting, like all of us have to show up. We're there. And the manager says, if you are outside and they have a gun to you, we are not going to let them into the building because, you know, a manager got shot and, you know, corporate saying like, we can't let them into the building. So if you're out there, we're not going to negotiate for you. And I'm like, I'm the bus boy. And I was I, right there. I, I was like, I quit. I was like, I'm not dying for chilies. Like, 
<laughs> your baby back sauce, back rib sauce ain't that good. Like, but he he was dead serious. And like multiple kitchen people and the busboys, like we all quit. We were like, forget this. Like I'm not. What do you mean you're not gonna negotiate for me? It's just money. Like it's all insured. Just open the door and let them in. Take the money Isn't and leave. Courage, thievery, and villainy. Villainy, rather. <clears throat> just like that's our policy. Come in and take everything. I mean, I don't want to go back and. Obviously, so you're saying I should have I should have toughed it out. <laughs> You'll never get Chili's money. Shoot me. <laughs> I'm holding the door shut so they can't go in. Shoot me here. Save your precious money, Chili's. <laughs> okay, so I think it's safe to say that that was probably not your favorite boss. No. Either. Yeah. Who's your favorite boss? My favorite boss, well, I, I think I said this in the last one. Um, when I worked at Shrimp Shack, I had, I had a, uh, uh, and I, I said, you know, it was yeah. a unique relationship. You know, she was a lesbian, and, but she was, she, she did exactly what I said. She, she cared about all of her employees. Her name was Lisa. Mm-hmm. She, and she's still the manager there. Is she really? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the last time I went home, like a year or two ago. Wow. And she still remembers me when I get there and she asks how the church is going and, you know, and all that. And, um, but, but also she challenged me, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I was, you know, working in the kitchen. She's like, you're going to bartend tonight. And I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And she's like, go over there. Say I'll show way. you, you know, like, yeah, exactly. And, uh, I'll never forget one time I was working hush puppies <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, I, I, you know, it's pretty simple. You scoop, you drop them, and then once they float, they they're ready. Yeah. You scoop them okay. out. And it was like during the lunch rush, and um, and so like every order that comes in, she's like two puppies, two puppies, two puppies, two puppies. Order of puppies, which was like they ordered a you know a plate, and that, yeah. that was like puppy twenty plate. puppy plate. And eventually, like I just started scooping. Like I didn't wait for her to say stuff because there was just so many coming in. So, so I just no, I just started scooping right, and all of a sudden like the it dies, you know, the lunch rush dies. And I've got like a hundred puppies sitting there and she's like, what did you do? And I was like, I just, I started scooping. Like you were just saying so many numbers. I lost track. I just started scooping. And so she made me, she, she writes out on a piece of paper. Um, I, I did not listen to my manager and made too many puppies and she, she like, uh, tapes it to my shirt <laughs> and I went around with all these hush puppies through the restaurant and had to hand them all out and people were laughing and, oh, she was the best. I loved her. She yeah, I think awesome. that's an appropriate punishment. Um, I think the other way, the other appropriate punishment would have been eat them all. Need to eat them all. <laughs> yes. Like Joey yeah. Chestnut style. Right. Fourth of July. Well, that was, eating yeah. contest. and she was like, you know. I'm going to make you buy these, you know, and then she ended up covering it, but she was sweet. I liked her. Lisa, shirt track. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Got another one for me? Um, Well, I guess um, to flip the question from before, so what makes a good employee? We know what makes a good manager. What makes a good employee? I think um, the the big thing I I, I would just say is is the reliability Um, that that you can be the trusted person that um, you you show integrity in your position, you get the job done right, um, that you take the onus on not saying like, this is how I wanna do it, but like, how what is the right way to do this? And I'll do it every time that way, you know? Um, just that, that reliability, I think, makes you a great employee that, 
And and I, I'm sitting with two great employees right here that it's like, hey, here's a job. Here's what I need. If there's a question, ask. But, like, I can hand stuff off and, and y'all y'all are reliable. You know, like, when I give stuff to you, Brady, like, I I don't worry about it after. <laughs> you know, like, I, it's it's done. You know, like, and um, so, yeah. And I think a positive attitude is big on me, too. Um, I can't stand it when you have a sourpuss in the office that's complaining all the time or always thinks they're not getting what they deserve or, you know, like in, you know, and I've worked with those people and been, you know, with those people and you're just like, you just drag the whole day down, you know, like, like, come on, like be positive, be happy to be here, be, you know, like work hard and be reliable. I think that. Last question for you. Is it like a sauna in here? Well, right it is now? because Brady brings the heat, man. Did you turn up the heat? No, it's just an extra body in here. <laughs> Golly, I'm like sweating. Warm, yeah. Woo. I bet you did. All right, let's. On the hot seat. Let's get this last one. Literally. Question. Why are you guys sweating? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, it is hot in here. Did everybody shower before? <laughs> the air just kicked on. There we go. Uh, last question. Last question. Rapid fire. Uh, favorite employee between Brady and me. Which one? Oh, <laughs> that's. It's like asking which of my children is my favorite. Yeah, but we know you have one. I I love each of my children for different things. Yeah. I love you for your music, and I love Brady that's for such his. A, that's so patronizing. What? You very no, good musician. I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Brady's like, that was my moment. He was about to say something. <laughs> my boss never tells me positive things. <laughs> okay, so you love me for, for my music. I do. And? I love Brady for his humor. He brings the positive attitude to the workplace. And he's funny. He is humorous. He is very funny. People don't necessarily know that. No. Yeah, but we're going to... We're going to turn Brady... He's all business. Didn't Kobe used to do like stand up during the announcements, the, during the church announcements? We did that once. One time. Yes. <laughs> I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back. No. But I don't want no. Kobe to do it. I don't want Kobe, I want Brady to do it. But I want Kobe to coach him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, that, yeah. That would be interesting to see Kobe coach him into something, yeah. <laughs> Brady gets up Brady's day one. He's like, uh, this Saturday we've got a uh, serve event for open remission. Take my wife, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There'd be a lot of wife and kid jokes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you both. As always, uh, Pastor Buzz, uh, Vicar Brady. Uh, it's a pleasure. Love working with you guys. Love I, I was you. sitting in worship. Um, I was uniquely tired on Sunday morning, uh, but overwhelmed with gratitude for mm. for Grace Hill, um, for being um, allowed to, to serve here mm. for sure, and just it felt great. So, and we have room for you, um, even at nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Even at 9.30, we have room for you. Here at uh, Grace Hill, we worship three times every Sunday, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We're located in Elkhorn, Nebraska at 20275 Honeysuckle Drive. And I uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs>